Well, Steve, I want to thank you for sharing. I, I knew you weren't here last week, but I didn't know where you were. So, but thank you for giving us a little update on that. That was good. Our hearts are with you. God is good all the time. We know that. Even sometimes when it doesn't feel like it. You know, he's, he's a good God because he declared himself to be that. And he can't lie. Okay. Well, I want to welcome all of you today for this service. Um, thank you, Jay, for sharing your heart this morning a little bit. I want to bless you. I'll find my my spot here. I'd like to share out of Second uh, Timothy, very familiar scripture, I'm sure. But I was impressed again as I read through these. As I read through these scriptures, and I'm just, again, very blessed, thankful for the living hope that, that we as believers have. Paul said, nothing shall separate us from the love of God. And if we believe that, that's a powerful, <laughs> that's a powerful hope, and I don't know how to express that to you, but it's going to keep you. If you really have it in your heart, it's going to keep you. You can be assured of that. When Paul addressed Timothy, he addressed him as a, a son. And so I, I know when I'm speaking today, I'm going to be speaking to Jay and Ruthie. I know you're not my son, but I respect you and I know that you're walking with God I have that confidence and so I'm not going to be speaking to you as my son and yet I I feel like I care about you as a son so you can take that for what it is Um, I was impressed by that but I'd like to I want to I want to encourage you I want to encourage you as you I know you've made this decision, and I want to encourage you to walk with God, to give yourself fully to the calling that God has called you to. And if you do that, I think God's will will be accomplished, His purposes will be accomplished in your life and in the lives of those that you meet, the lives of those that you minister to. Uh, so I want to encourage you in that. Uh, I'm going to read First Timothy chapter two, at least part of it. And again, I'm impressed by the way Paul addresses Timothy. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, he didn't. It wasn't flippant for Paul. He knew who he was. And it's so important that we know who we are in Christ if we're if we're going to. To be effective in the kingdom of God. I believe. I, I think it's important. Just, just to live the Christian life. It's important to know who we are. Just to live a, life, a victorious life. It's important to know who we are in Christ. 
And we are not in Christ by our determination, but we are in Christ who He says we are. And we believe it by faith. We accept it. We believe it. Yes, we repent of our pride, but we follow Him because we know who He is. Paul was an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. It was by the will of God. And if you remember Paul's conversion, he wasn't seeking after God when God captured him, you might say. He was walking on, the, he was on his way to kill believers. And God came on the scene. It was by the will of God. And Jay, I'm just going to put this in there. I know you were a little orphan boy down in Colombia. God rescued you. Through some through people. And he's got a purpose for you. He's got a calling. And I don't know uh, uh you know, it's quite a story. But it's, it's a story of the heart of God. A helpless orphan that God rescued. Now, it's got a purpose. It's got a calling. And I want to bless you. I want to encourage you. I want to, yeah, I want to encourage you with, with God, with, with God's purposes, God's promises. And not just him, all of us. We all have a calling. Just because we're not going to Columbia, God rescued you and I for a purpose, for a calling. He rescued me out of a dead religion. And I know my siblings, they still can't figure out why wouldn't you want to be here. It's because I found found a treasure. I don't disregard them. I I love them. But there's nothing in me that would want to go back where I was. In fact, I'd be rather be like Paul who said, I, can't, I count it all dung, garbage, rubbish, so that I can win Christ. And offer a true hope to them. Second Timothy chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved child, and he uses this term a few times through the book, my beloved child, when he was, a, when he was writing to Timothy. So I think, I think there was a special relationship that Paul had with, with Timothy that was, you know, he, he, I think he ministered to him and he... Maybe he was one that helped him come to the light. I'm not sure how all that was. But that be as it may. Uh, uh, I thank God whom I serve as did my ancestors with a clear conscience. It's another, it's another ingredient, that, ingredient that is needful. It's a, that we have a clear conscience. If we're going to be effective in the kingdom of God, we need a clear conscience. We need to have, like Paul said, been washed. 
As I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, as I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan the flame of God, the gift of God, I'm sorry, For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Jay, I just want to tell you, and I already shared it, but we're here to fan the flame. We're here to fan the flame. Like Paul said to Timothy, Fan into flame the gift of God. And, you know, before the service is over, we'll probably ask Jay and Ruthie to come up. We'll lay hands on them and we'll commission them and pray for them. You know, there's something very significant about laying on of hands, and I don't know that I understand it. But I'd like to look at, I'd like to look at different times in the Bible where that happened, where where. And it's all through the Bible. And I was, I was just, uh, I was uh, blessed by it. And at the same time, felt like maybe there's something there that I don't fully understand. But I want you to know, um, I believe there's something about it that we lay hands on somebody and pray for them and commission them. It's a you know, it's telling them we're with you. And I hope that's what we can do today. But uh, I'm just going to read down through uh, quickly. You don't have to turn to it, but um, I'm going to read down through different, quickly, the different places where this happened in the Bible. The laying on of hands, whether it was for blessing, commission, healing, uh, raising the dead, I mean, it, there, it's, it's in the Bible. The first place that I found is uh, the laying on of the hands in the Bible. But Jacob blesses his two grandsons by laying his hands on their heads and blessing them. In Genesis 48:14, In Numbers, the people of Israel lay hands on the Levites to dedicate them to the Lord's service. In Numbers 8, 9 and 10. Moses lays hands on Joshua to authorize and empower him as his successor, his successor in leadership. In Numbers 27, 18 to 23, and Deuteronomy 34, verse 9. Elijah lays hands on a dead child to raise him from the dead. 2 Kings 4, verse 34. Jesus lays hands on children as a As a gesture of blessing, in Mark chapter 10, verse 16, he blesses the little children as they come to him. He lays his hands on them and blesses them. In Mark chapter 8, verse 23 to 25, he healed the blind man, laying his hands on him. In Luke chapter 13, verse 11 to 13, the woman who was bent over, Coming to Jesus, he laid hands on her and he healed her. 
In Mark chapter 6, verse 5, the sick people in Nazareth, Jesus laid his hands on the sick and he healed them. In Luke chapter 4, verse 40 and 41, Jesus lays his hands for deliverance from the demonic affliction. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 18 to 25, Jesus laid his hands on on the dead and he raised the dead. In Mark chapter 16, verse 18, those signs will accompany those who believe. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. And they did that. I don't know if God's going to call you to do that. But I'm just telling you, the Bible says that's what the Bible shows. So I want, to sh- I want to share this with you, Jay and Ruthie. As you go into the unknown field of Columbia, I mean, you, I mean, it's been years that you've not, I mean, you've been back to visit. But as you go, I want you to know that God did not give you a spirit of fear. But he gave you a spirit of, not of fear, but he gave us the spirit of power and love and of self-control. That's powerful to me. You know, this was, this was Paul talking to uh, what, the way it looks to me like a timid Timothy. And God was just trying to encourage him. You know, go and be what God has called you to be. Don't be afraid and don't let anything hinder you out of fear or unbelief. And so God's going to, there's probably going to be times when God, when you're going to have to <laughs> just, for lack of a better term, just, just, just grit, grit it and go because there's a mission to accomplish. And I want to encourage you, don't let fear hinder you. I know you're, you're going to be there to, as a, A staff pastor, for lack of a better term. Um, so you're going, you're going to face some things that will probably be a challenge. But don't be afraid of it. God has, the, the, what God has given you is he's going to, he, he has already equipped you. For what he has called you to. And it's for you to walk that out. And if you don't fully see it. You don't have to be afraid of it. You just walk in there. And God will bring it to you as you need it. So, so he has given you a. He's given you power. And love. And a sound mind. Alright I'm going to. I'm going to go on. I was. There's a few things I'd like to point out in chapter 1 and then also in chapter 2. And I'm just going to read down through some of this. No, I probably won't eat, read it all. But um, because of this, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, God has not given us For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and of love and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed 
of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me his prisoner. But share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling. Not because of our works, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. And which, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and apostle and teacher. Again, um, Paul knows what he was called to do. He was called a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher, which is why I suffer as I do, and I'm, but I'm not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard unto that day which has been entrusted to me. And I, Jane, Ruthie, I just want you to go with this, with these promises, excuse me, with these, with this, um, yeah, with this word. He's able, I'm convinced, Paul, Paul said this, I'm convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me, follow the pattern, and then he goes, and follow the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me. Wow. In faith and love that are in Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. So I want to I encourage you with those words. Uh, go with that. Go with that confidence. Go with, uh, go with that assurance. The calling, the equipping, go with all of that. Uh, the gifts, we're here to fan, fan the flame, the gift of God that he has given you. There's some more about laying on of hands that I may come back to uh, in a little bit. The early church, the apostles laid hands on new believers and they received the Holy Ghost. That's what the Bible says. Ananias was led by the Spirit to lay hands on Saul, that he may recover from blindness and be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's in Acts 9, verse 17. And we're planning to lay hands on Jay uh, here in a little bit. And, and we want to fan the flame, fan the fire into flame. Is that what it says? Fan into flame the gift of God. Because, because we want him to do all that God has called him to do. We believe he has a calling. And we want him to, we want him to find all that God has, has for him to do. In Acts 13... The laying on of hands is, is a way of commissioning people 
in a new task or mission. Acts 13, verse 3. They did that. Finally, the laying on of hands is the way the apostles ordained those to an office of leadership in the church, included that of a deacon, Acts 6, verse 6. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, I'm going to read that. Paul told Timothy this, Do not neglect the gift you have, you have which was given you by prophecy, when the council of elders laid their hands on you. I think the King James Version says it this way, the presbyter, which is, yeah, the the council of elders. Now, um, I'm just going to say a few things. I'm going to read, I'm going to read, uh, Second, uh, yeah, Second Timothy, a couple verses in chapter two, because the reason I'm reading this because <laughs> I've been around long enough that I know that there'll probably be some, well, you know, in the political real, in the politi- political arena, they call them hecklers. There'll probably be some hecklers come around now and then, and uh, I'll. I'd like to just I'd like to just tell you what what Timothy encouraged what Paul encouraged Timothy to do when that happens. You know, you may have to choose your battles. You may have to pick your battles sometimes. You may have to try to decide what's what's more important to do this or to do that. I think Paul was encouraging Timothy to do that. And uh, let me read chapter 2 of Second Timothy. You then, my child, he goes again, this is, we see this again. Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trusted faithful men. Who will be able to teach others also. Share in the suffering as a good soldier of Christ. Of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember, Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy. For if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure him, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. So here's the foundation. That's never going to change. It's always going to be Jesus Christ. There's not going to be another that's going to come and give his life. It's Jesus and him only. 
Even if we don't believe, it's still going to be Jesus. You know, at the end of life, we're going to meet Jesus. Isn't that exciting? It's not going to be another. It's going to be Jesus only. So he says, remind them of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words which does no good but only ruins the hearers. And that's why I was thinking, you know, sometimes we have to choose our battles. Sometimes we have to say, well, I don't really think it's worth talking about that. Let's talk about the real issues. And sometimes it's hard to discern that. What are the real issues? But that will probably happen. Those things will probably surface and come up because we're human. <clears throat> he says, don't quarrel about words which, do no, which does no good but only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. But avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. And their talk will spread like, like gangrene among them, are Hymenaeus and Philetus. It so talks about how that they turned from the truth because they said that the resurrection was already past. But God's, in verse 19, but God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are His. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. It's a very basic principle that those that name the name of the Lord will depart from iniquity. <laughs> and as you disciple people, that's going to happen. If they're in contact with Jesus, they walk with Jesus. <clears throat> so flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart, have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies, but know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting the, his opponents with gentleness, if God perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, that they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. And so, as I read this, as I read this, these, these couple paragraphs here, it looks to me like Paul was telling Timothy, you know, it's, it's going to be important. As you enter into that field, it's going to be important for you to pick your battles. There's, you know, there's things that they're just not, there's some things that are just not as important as other things. And I want, I'm encouraging you, Timothy, to pick your battles. <clears throat> and so I'm, I want to I share that with you too, Jay and Ruthie. 
There may be times when you need to call somebody and say, hey, we're going through this or we're going through that. Can you pray with us? We want to be here to, to hear that. And we will pray with you. I want to encourage you to do that. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to mention it if things aren't going well. And don't be afraid to say it if they are. Because it's a work of God. So I want to encourage you in those things. I want to encourage you to, yeah, stand on the firm foundation, which is Jesus Christ. There's, there's no other foundation given that, that, we, that's, uh, that we can stand on that will take us through. So I'm, I'm happy for you. I, I know we're going to miss you. Um, miss your presence, miss your input, but we we also sense God is calling you. Uh, at the times that you've shared about what God is doing in your heart, we we're with you in that, and so we want to want to acknowledge that, and not only acknowledge that, we want to lay hands on you and commission you and pray for you. And so I think at this time, I'd like for you, ask you and your family to come up here and maybe just kind of gather in the center here. And I'd like to ask the leadership and for sure the leadership of the church here and the rest of you that would like you to come up and just circle around them. We're going to commission them and then we're going to, if uh, any of you would have a word, For Jay and Ruthie, I'd encourage you to share that also. So, Jay and Ruthie, and is there somebody here from GTO? Yeah, I'd like for you to come up also, if you don't mind. Jay, is there anything you'd like to share with the church before we do this? Uh, Somebody bring him a mic. You know, as I was um, really from from the time I was, we were asked to go and this opportunity came up. Um, you know, I, I've, tend, I've tended to be like a, a Gideon, you know, um, when, um, I've asked God to, you know, lay very, uh, specific fleeces out and God met them every time. And then I try to do the opposite, you know, you know, I kind of like Gideon. He said, you know, this time, Lord, just make it so that the dew is not on the fleece. You know, and God did that again. And um, 
you know, it's been that way. Um, even when I've been maybe doubting myself, um, every time God just comes and um, does something incredible, and I, I feel I feel that with the with the church here, uh, you guys have blessed me, blessed us so much, and my family is here, and they I I, I feel that support from them. But I, you know, as a church and as a, uh, as part of this body. Um, when we brought it up here, just the way everybody pitched in and, and, and offered, and, um, you know, we just feel that. And I don't know how to, you know, sometimes language has, a, uh, has its limitations uh, to express uh, gratitude uh, and thankfulness. But I, we thank you. We thank you very much, and we're excited that it's not just us, but we feel that this is not just our family, but we feel this is us as Christians, as the body of Christ, Um, so we do not feel alone. We go knowing and feeling uh, that this is, um, this is y'all, this is this is my family. This is the family that I, the church family that I, that I'm part of. And, um, so I'm excited. I'm actually thrilled, uh, to go and to feel that. So thank you all so, so much for everything you've done and we feel it. Okay. At this time, Jay, we're going to give you a charge. Uh, I'd like for the elders of the church, come on up and we'll lay hands on him. Um, they did that in, it says, by the laying on of the hands by the, of the presbytery. So come on up, and uh, we're going to give you a charge. I'll read the charge off to you that I have. It's, it, it's simply out of Second Timothy chapter 4, and I'm just going to read some verses there, and I may add a few things, but um, it's kind of not really formal. So I, no. come on up. Let's, let's pray. You know, I told Joy this morning, I'm not sure how to do this, so maybe we'll just do it the way God... You want to come up, Joy? Jay, this is what... Uh, what did you feel? Come on up here. Um, I'm not exactly sure what all you'll be involved in over in Columbia. But this is what I would like to, with the church here at Restoration Church, I'd like to charge you with. And I'm just going to read it. It says, Preach the word. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead by his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. 
For, some, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, and do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. So I want to charge you with that, and you will probably be charged with baptizing, teaching, discipling, and, you know, all that goes with that. So we charge you with that in, in the presence of Christ. Yeah. Let's lay hands on him and pray for him. And DK, if you don't mind closing then after, well, I'm just going to open it up to, for prayer for whoever would like to pray for him right now.